This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. On the show with me today is the master of disaster. She believes she can save lives and livelihoods, and she is passionate about creating sustainable, disaster-resilient world for everyone. Leanne Hockman-Cardi, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Mark. I'm so excited you're here because I don't know if you've heard, but we're going through this pandemic. Have you heard that or not? Uh, I've heard rumors of it, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we make light of it. We know it's a very serious thing, but a lot of people didn't really know how big it was going to be back in January, February, March. And I'm willing to bet you know of a lot of people that business-wise caught uh, what's that saying? The the emperor has no clothes or people yeah. were skinny dipping in the lake and the, the tide went out. They they were unprepared because they had nothing. Who, who would have thought that we'd have a pandemic in our lifetime? Yeah. And, you know, if someone tells you that they knew, I think they're not quite telling the truth, uh, because even a lot of our health systems found it somewhat surprising. They, did, they didn't see the magnitude either. So I, I think all of us were caught off guard. So people were playing the dreaded catch-up game. They're like, uh-oh, it's March, turned into April, turned into May, turned into June, and worldwide this thing just gripped the whole entire earth. Now people are like, oh, what do I do? I, I'm not prepared. So walk us through, even now, I mean, it's this is coming out December 22nd, 2020, the year that people are thinking it's almost over. Look at January 1st, COVID's not going to disappear. So we still have to carry this into 2021. So talk to us about those businesses and those people who are really struggling. What are some of the things they can do? Obviously, they can't prepare for COVID. It's already here. But what are some of the things they can do today? Well, you know, it's uh, one of the things I was working on earlier this year was working with businesses on their business continuity plans and really helping them understand this doesn't have to be overwhelming. I mean, most businesses don't have a business plan. So for me to then come and say, oh, you know what, uh, you also need a preparedness plan. They just look at you and go, how, how am I even going to start? And so one of the things is, it's, you know, one of the things I teach is there's six main critical business functions you got to look at. So say, say just, you know, you're sitting in your home, you think, okay, so people, my people, what do I have to think about to be more prepared in the future? How, how am I going to have a virtual way for them to connect with each other? That's something that a lot of businesses didn't even think about. Or say it's your your product. How are you going to get your products and services to your customer? Even that, you think of a lot of restaurants that have had to pivot. A lot of different uh, businesses, you know, that maybe didn't sell online before. And all of a sudden, you have to think, you know what? This is something you need to think about in the future. Because if we go on lockdown again in 2021, what does that mean? Are you just going to be sitting with your doors closed? So these are just things that, you know, none of us wanted to think about, but now we've all had to think about it. And, you know, they have vaccines that are available now, but this is is not going to go away in January. It's not going to be all of a sudden, oh, look at 
COVID is gone and we can return to life as normal. I mean, I think that eventually we're going to come out the other side of this. I don't think this is going to wipe out the human race. But until we reach that time, we have to stop and think. Now, I'm shocked. And I don't know about you, Leanne. A lot of people, they're still in denial here in December 2020. Oh, it's not that bad. I'm like, this is seven, eight months into it. I mean, okay, this thing's real. It's here. And are you just going to, like, to your point, are you just going to close up your business and lay off all your employees? Are you going to hope the government bails you out? I mean, you, you have to have some kind of plan. You mentioned people and customers. Those are two huge areas. And, but not everybody had a bad year. Uh, Amazon doubled what they were doing. Why? Because they've always been, we, you go on the app and we deliver to you. And I think a lot of times, uh, if you look back, a lot of people, a lot of companies didn't take Amazon seriously. I remember when they closed the Macy's uh, near a mall near our home and you walk in there when they had their going out of business sale or whatever. And they're like, oh, stupid Amazon. I'm like, well, why didn't you, why didn't your company create Amazon? Why are you mad at Jeff Bezos? He saw a need. He started from books, went to videos. Now he sells everything except for human organs, apparently. And But he saw a need. And so many people are complaining instead of saying, hey, listen, maybe I should look into what's going to happen in five years, 10 years, 20 years. What happens if a pandemic does strike? Again, like you said, no one ever thinks about that stuff. Well, and I think that's important. So for every business, you start thinking, okay, so what are my potential scenarios that I got to consider? What risks do I have that I, I maybe didn't identify? Because you're right, a lot of people, they don't think about it. They think, okay, you know what, my biggest risk, it was funny, I was doing this, this work in a community close to where I live. And we polled them on hazards. What do you think your big, biggest hazard is your biggest risk? None of them said pandemic. Now this was pre COVID. And so if we were to pull them today, I have a feeling COVID would pull very highly. But, you know, we, you, I mean, we only think of what we know. So you think, okay, so my biggest risk, is it a fire? Is it a flood? Well, if it is, then where are my papers stored? Do I only have stuff in a file? My accounting books sitting here in a box once a year, I deliver them to my accountant because that's a little risky if my place were to flood or to burn. So just going through th different scenarios helps you. E even the awareness piece starts you thinking differently. You think, hmm, maybe I should store my stuff in the cloud. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because when Hurricane Katrina uh, happened to America and over New Orleans, at the time I was with a bank and the bank had servers only in New Orleans. Now, I did not think about this because I'm a customer. I just assumed that yeah. my stuff is going to be safe. And then it flooded. And so what happened is Capital One actually bought that bank. And now they have smartly, they had servers on the West Coast, East Coast, North, in the middle. They have good banks or good institutions don't have it in one place. But I can relate directly to what you just said. They go, oh, New Orleans will never fly. And they had their servers in one place and it flooded. And there was a time, I think about three or four days, we had no access to our money. That's kind of scary. Well, and there's a lot of people like when you think about traditionally how people have in downtown towers, and I think you're in Houston, I'm in Calgary, and we had a flood here. Our downtown was underwater in 2013. And every all these servers were put in the basement of these towers because, well, they're ugly. Well, why would we put them anywhere? Would They should be in the basement. And you're going, really? They don't do that anymore nope. <laughs> for, for reasons why you can understand. But that's what we did historically. Yep. But smartly, 
people learned the lesson. They go, oh, that's not very smart. And they said, maybe we should put them at ground floor or on the second story or whatever like that. But I think, you know, the flood teaches us lessons. Pandemics are going to teach us lessons. But I know, Leanne, and I, I like to know your thoughts on this. There are people who are going to come out the other side of this and they're going to pretend, oh, it's just a blimp of the road. They're not going to make any changes. They're not going to have preparedness, uh, disaster preparedness plans. They're, they won't learn the lesson. And I think that is pretty sad and disturbing. Hey there, it's Mark, and I will coach you for less than $2 a day, plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit MrProductivity.com. I think we have, and I don't know if it's human nature, we have this part about us that we forget, selective amnesia, because I was working in a community that had a fire, when and, and they had to leave their community for, it was probably two months. And when they came back and the city was taking down their trees uh, to make a fire break, all of a sudden they said, they were mad at the city. They said, why are you doing that? I bought my house because of those trees. And that was a month later, you go, seriously, those trees almost ruined your home. Uh, so, you know, people forget. And, uh, you know, I don't know what you can do other than those who did experience. There are many that have PTSD as a result, and they remember. Wow. So you have been involved in some way, shape, or form in two of Canada's costliest disasters. Tell, tell us about what those disasters are and tell us what your roles were. Uh, so in 2013, I mentioned when uh, Calgary was underwater, uh, we had uh, southern Alberta, where I am located, was there was about 30 communities that were in a state of emergency. And it was because we live relatively close to the mountains. There was a mountain, a heavy snowpack that year. It started to rain in June, uh, and that came down very quickly, the water. And it just, every community along the, the river flooded. So you could see it coming. Here's next community to get flooded, next community. We have here in Calgary, what's called the Calgary Stampede. It's a big festival every year. Uh, it was a couple weeks before we were supposed to open. Oh, and wow. uh, the whole downtown, nobody was allowed in the downtown. It just kept going. High River was a community that was was quite devastated as a result. So there's a lot of things that happen. And, and in my role, I run Economic Developers of Alberta. And I was sitting there going, hmm, all of our communities along that area are being devastated right now. Do I just sit here and, and watch and, and, you know, hope everything happens to, to, uh, well, and, or do I do something? So that's when I got involved. I helped, uh, I reached out. We have counterparts in the U.S. that I reached out to and I said, we need help. We need to figure out you guys have disasters on a regular basis. You, <laughs> you do technical teams. You go in and help communities after. I need your help. So that's what happened. You know so, inject uh, here. That's gotta be yeah. more to see it coming it's like when we have hurricanes in the gulf you're like okay is it going to go to new orleans is it going to mexico is it come to houston but when you saw the river rising and you could look at the mountains they're like oh this isn't going to go away and and you can see one day you're dry and you know because you can see other towns it's going to get flooded that has got to be so horrifying and you feel so powerless because you it's not there yet but you see it coming Yet it gives you a little bit of preparation time. 
right? I mean, when I think tornadoes, I think those, those to me are scarier because you don't know what's going to touch down. Yeah. Or earthquake. So, you know, I mean, every, everybody, I'm convinced everybody gets something you got. I mean, some people wouldn't want to live here because we get blizzards. So it's like, well, you know what? I mean, if all I got to do is stay home and shut my door, uh, I'm cool with that. There's other things I might not want to deal with. Now, what's interesting is I used to live in Rochester, New York until 1997. I had my share of blizzards and single-digit temperatures and ice. I actually fell on black ice when I was working at the factory in another lifetime. And I moved down in Houston in July of 1997. I said au revoir to all the cold and the blizzards. I, I look at I, I can't remember how many blizzards I went to. I remember 1978, 79, I guess we had three blizzards in Rochester. And I'm like, when I get out of here, I'm done. Okay. Now, newsflash, there's no perfect place to live in this world. You go, it's oh, how about San Diego? You got wildfires. Okay. So yeah, I don't care where you go. There's no perfect place to live. So you got to choose your poison. For me, I'd rather roll the dice with a hurricane than a blizzard because a blizzard can be really nasty. People think winter storms are blizzards. No, blizzards are winter storms magnified. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You're right. You pick your poison because, I mean, I have a girlfriend who lives in Puerto Rico and I'm like, okay, so here you got financial crisis, you got Hurricane Irma, yep. Maria, and then you've got COVID yep. and you've got earthquakes. And I just think, I don't know, like, I love the place, would love to live there. But I mean, we, we all decide, you know, what, what can we take? Yep. So the 2013 flood was the, the uh, one of the costliest disasters in Canada. What was the other one? Uh, Fort McMurray wildfires. So that's northern part of our province on fire. Uh, and it's known as the beast. Um, and it was, uh, I think, $3.56 billion of insurable damage, uh, $7 billion total, 80,000 people evacuated out of their community for over a month. Wow. Everybody out. So yeah, that was, um, and I worked with them for over a year just trying to recover. So it, it's, it's, um, it was very different, right? It's fire. It's, I, I, you see the photos and it just looks like Armageddon. Like it's just people running from fire. And you saw the same thing in California, like those yeah. photos. And, and when you see that, the ugh, there's a, there's a video out there and it shows a firefighter that was there and it just, Every time I see him talk, I just get choked up because because it's your family, it's your friends, like it's you know the the ones on the front lines. It impacts them too. Yeah. And when I saw those wildfire pictures, I'm like, it doesn't seem real. It seems like something out of a movie. I mean, this yeah. big wall of fire. I mean, we see a wave in the ocean, but this is a wave of fire, and it doesn't seem real. Yeah, and and you hear like to this day. I mean, I know I lived in in an area that had a tornado, and that was nineteen eighty seven. For months after, I would see the sky and just it would just bring back like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen again. Uh, so I can't imagine when there's. I know people say when they just see fire in the distance, a little smoke, they just really it's it's that trauma comes right back. And you remember the Joplin, Missouri uh, tornado a number of years ago. I mean, this thing was like five miles wide and it just ripped through town after town. And, and those people now, when they see dark clouds, they're like, oh, they get that, you know, because once you, I've never lived through a hurricane, I've lived through a hurricane, I've lived through two of them. 
course, I'm inland, so I'm not in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm kind of inland on the west side of Houston. But when you live through a tornado, I hear it does sound like a train going by. It is really loud. You'll never forget that. You'll never look at the sky again. When you see dark clouds, you're like, is that a thunderstorm? Because this thing with Joplin, Missouri, it just popped up. It was just going to be a thunderstorm, maybe severe weather. And all of a sudden, this this I guess it was a EF5 tornado. And it's really hard to predict those because so many things have to go right. But I'm sure the people of Joplin will never look at the a dark sky again. I'm like, ah, oh, I remember back when it happened. And you, you, know, you can't prepare for this stuff. I don't care what kind of preparedness plan you have. I mean, you can have all your, your papers in order. But the fact is, you don't know what's going to happen because you don't know when it's going to happen. And and the ironic thing is, too, you see some of those pictures of tornadoes or fires. And one property is fine. Yes. And your neighbor's is gone. And you just think, wow, <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason either. So even, you know, I I think back to when, when there's deaths. Like, I mean, my girlfriend, once again, the one in Puerto Rico, when I was talking to her about what had happened, all she we were, we were talking normal and all of a sudden she went quiet on me. And I looked over it and I, I saw her just getting all teary-eyed and I thought, this is so raw. Like, it doesn't matter if it's one year later, two years later, 10 years later, depending how it impacted you personally that can be very raw and and it doesn't take much to bring that to the surface again. One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me to sign up for my email newsletter. Just go to mrproductivity.com. Wow. Well, I want to get real tactical for the listener because a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners listen to this podcast. And here it is, December 22nd, 2020. What are some things they should do today? Not January 1st, not March 1st. What is something they should start at least thinking to do today that'll better prepare them because there will be other disasters, whether it'll be a pandemic. I hope there's never, never a pandemic in my lifetime again, or uh, some other kind of natural disaster. What can people start doing today? That's going to put them in a much better place. Well, I mean, we mentioned it slightly earlier, that whole piece about cloud, like where are your papers? Where, where are all, where's your important information? Cause if you don't have copies of it, if you don't have it stored somewhere other than in a box in your office, that's a, that's a simple fix right now. Um, understand your insurance. Uh, you know, there's a lot of businesses that don't carry insurance or they carry insurance they, that actually isn't the type of insurance they need. I understand insurance is like, you know, reading your insurance policy is awful. It's, it's, it's in a language you don't understand, but sit down with your insurance broker and just say, look, what do I have? Cause we've had situations where people had, they, they did not carry the right insurance or they had none. So, I mean, that's another one. Think about, you know, as far as, um, if you have inventory, your business, do you have photos? Do you have accurate lists of what you have? Because say you lost your inventory, how do you prove what you had? Um, so it's just things like that. Um, and be prepared. What, what are your hazards? You got to think through what are you, what are the top types of risks that you have? Because if it is around, you know, you live in a, a hurricane zone or you live in a place where it's prone to flooding, there are things you can do in advance to just help ensure that if and when it happens, you're just a little more prepared. Here, when we had Hurricane Harvey, uh, a lot of the courtrooms, a lot of the court um, archives flooded. 
And because, again, like the servers, they're in the basement and they used to be kept in cardboard boxes. Now they put them in plastic containers. No one ever thought about that. No one ever. Oh, it's just a cardboard box, just court records. Now a lot of this stuff is lost forever. Now they put them, you know, they you don't think about it until your whole archive is floated out and everything's gone. All the evidence and everything's gone. But this is something that every disaster, I think people should look and go, okay, I didn't have wildfires here in Houston, but what lesson can I learn that affected the business people out there? We may never get wildfires, but what are some things that they're doing? And and just pay attention to what's going on in the world, because I think if people would just do that, like the, the 2013 flood up in Calgary or the, the wildfires around the world, just go, okay, hmm, maybe we'll never get flooded where I'm at because I'm like in the desert, but what are some things I can do that's going to help mitigate my my potential of losing things. So it's just thinking about it, but I love how you talked about, you know, where are your paperwork? It's 2020. We're going into 2021. You could store this stuff encrypted and very securely up in the cloud. So, which is not in the cloud, it's on some server, but you don't want to put it in one computer someplace. You want to have it redundancy. Like I use iCloud drive and I know Apple doesn't have just like one Mac sitting in Cupertino with my stuff on it. They've got multiple servers because people are putting the stuff on there. You can use Dropbox. You can use Google drive. All these have redundant servers. You don't, I have nothing on my computer, by the way. So on my Macs, Everything, I don't do time machine backups because everything on my Mac is backed up to the cloud automatically. Well, number one, it's safe there. Number two, if I'm going on vacation and then you or a client of mine, you need information, I don't want to say, well, when I get back from vacation, I could download it from the cloud right away. So having things up in the cloud is is going to serve you on so many different levels. But for the purpose of the show, it's going to keep that stuff protected. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because we even ask some businesses, well, where do you store your stuff? They're like, Oh, I'm fine. I do. I back it up to a hard drive. I said, where's your hard drive? <laughs> and they go, Oh, it's in my office. I'm like, mm-hmm, exactly. And if you can't access your hard drive, yep. never thought about that. But you know what? Honestly, I love that because all of a sudden they go, it's an awareness. They yes. go, I have never thought about that. Fine. Now you have, yep. <laughs> now you're responsible to do something about it. Yeah, I I think awareness is a really important word because we always assume it's never going to happen to me. That tornado is never going to happen to me. Go talk to people from Joplin. That hurricane is never going to happen. Go talk to us here in Houston. We got 51 inches of rain over three days. The wildfires never happened. Happened up where you are in 2013. So don't say never, okay? Nature doesn't work this way. Nature doesn't go, oh, Mark doesn't want a disaster. It, look, it, it happens. It's nature. It happens. And you have to be prepared. You cannot stop nature. Okay. But there's things you can do to protect yourself because you don't want to be the person on the news that says, I lost everything. All my paperwork is in my building. You know, a satellite fell out of the sky and crushed everything. You don't want to be that person. You want to be the person that says, you know what? I got everything backed up. I'm cool. I've got money. I can take care of my employees. You want to be that person because if you're protected, if you've done the preparedness, then you're not stressing out because, hey, okay, your burning built down, your building burned down, but you're okay because it's just a building you can rebuild. But if you have everything in your building and you have yeah. no the wrong insurance, you don't have photos, all your important documents are in the building, now you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, and you may not recover. I mean, you may be bankrupt. You mentally may too. I can't imagine if you're not prepared mentally, it must destroy you. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I, I yeah, last year I, I was in a community and, and one of the, they asked me a question and I said, you know what? I think the best thing you can do is prepare that nobody's going to help you. I said, when you, when you in your mind think I am on my own, 
you make different decisions. When you think someone's going to help you, your insurance guy or the federal government or whoever is going to come and rescue you, I said, you make different decisions. If you go start from the premise that nobody's going to help me and I am on my own, you will make some very good decisions. And that would be I, my advice. I, I'm writing that down. That's gold, uh, listener. If you don't write that down, prepare as if no one is going to help you. It'll force you to make better decisions. That that is gold right there, Leanne. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so before we wrap up, what I want to do, I do this really fun thing. And I asked you before, you said you're game for it. I do this thing called mic swap. So I'm going to allow you to be the host of the Mark Shuchesky podcast for a question or two. And you can ask me any question. And, and I already burst your bubble. You can't ask me my social security number or credit card information. But any other question doesn't be productivity related. Uh, you get to ask me one or two questions as the host of the Mark Chesky podcast. So take the mic. All right. Well, this is a relatively simple one. Uh, what's your why? Oh, I love talking about my why. So I'm 55 years young and I didn't know what my why was until about three years ago. Before that, I wanted to buy the latest iPhone, all the toys, but my mom's got late onset Alzheimer's. So she's a three-year-old trapped in a 76-year-old body. My dad's a 79-year-old and because of COVID, dad doesn't want to put mom in a nursing home. So my why is I want to pay off all their debts. I want to pay for full-time caregiver for mom. Nurse comes and lives at the home with them. And I want to pay for all my parents' groceries, get delivery service for dad's meals and stuff like that. So since I got my why down, now I'm even more fired up to serve the world because now my parents brought me in the world. I want to really care for my parents as they are in their golden years. That's awesome. That's awesome. What about um, when was the, uh, who was your your most favorite uh, teacher in school? Oh, in school. Um, my favorite teacher in school. Okay. I had going back to ninth grade. Now I had this guy named Mr. Lind and he loved everything about the Orient, China, Japanese, all that stuff. Right. And his classroom had all these artifacts. But the thing I liked the most about him is he really loved talking about Japan. I mean, he'd been there multiple times and you could tell when he taught, it wasn't something like, yeah, you're my students, blah, 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 Japan, Japan, blah, blah. He really loved the Japanese culture, the people. And I learned so much from him because I could feel the passion, the love. And he wasn't Japanese. He just loved the Japanese people and their culture. And I could feel that from him. I look forward to taking this class when I was in ninth grade more than any other class because I'm like, what are we going to learn about Japan today? It was so cool. And it was all about his love and his passion for students. He didn't, when, when the student didn't do well in his class, he took it personally. He wanted every one of the students to succeed. And I really like that. So that's a great question. No one's ever asked that question before. And yeah, he had all these artifacts and all these, you know, um, what do you call it? Not vases. They were like, I guess the best thing I could think is artifacts, like things he brought over from japan and i'm like yeah. i've never been to japan even to this day i've never been to japan and hopefully in the near very near future when covid leaves us alone i'll be able to go visit japan because i've always wanted to go to japan because i'm a productivity nerd and everything in japan runs on time oh yeah and and people told me oh you'll love japan because they don't take tardiness very well over there i'm like oh that's like those are my people they're <laughs> very punctual so thank you thank you for asking those two questions i really appreciate it so did you want more or you're good? No, I'm good. Cause now I have one okay. more question for you. Where can okay. we go to find out about more about you? Because 
I, I know that people are listening to this like, oh my goodness, man, I need to, I need to reach out to Leanne because I, I'm confused. I, you know, we wet their appetite on the show. We piqued their interest. Where can they go to get more information? Well, probably the best place to get information uh, would be my website. So it's MYD. So it's Master Your Disaster. So myd.global. Uh, it's actually not .com. myd.global. Because uh, all of my information's on there. The book, any any resources. I do a YouTube uh, twice a week. I, I offer new content. And really it is. It's similar to what you're doing, Mark. You're just, you have a passion for giving people information. And it's more about getting resources out there that will help them. And so whatever I can do to get that content out for free, a lot of times, it's just use it. Um, access what you can. Because I know when I was in the midst of dealing with the fires and floods in particular, I couldn't find good information. And that's why I thought, okay, fine, I'll do it myself and I'll share it. So that's kind of what motivated me. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today, sharing your insights. I've never had anybody on the show over 680 episodes talking about this, but this is important stuff. And I encourage the listener, Hey, listen, that next disaster is going to come. It may come in six months, may come in six years, but now you have no excuse not to be prepared. Leanne gave you a lot to think about. So don't just go, Oh, that was a nice conversation. Go do something as a result of this conversation. So Leanne, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Mark. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.